It's Friday night And the mood is rare Gonna have some fun Show you how you done Welcome to week number 218 Of the two guys in the Fridays podcast My name is Steve and that over there is Travis Good morning Steve Good morning um, Good morning Welcome to the show Welcome Thanks for joining us We do this every Friday Every single Friday for 218 weeks. Haven't missed one yet. And uh, we're going to keep the streak going as we've got four brand new episodes of TGIF to talk about today. This is true. Uh, Before that, thanks, Fayou, for the theme song this week. Fayou, thank you, sir. TGIFcast at gmail.com. That's where you email us. Anything that you want to email us, especially a brand new version of the theme song that you create and then we put on this show. And we will do that. We promise. We'll do that and make sure you're following us on all social media at TGIFcast for all the updates. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's all that stuff. Um, Four episodes to talk about. These aired 30 years ago, back in uh, November of 1993. What was the actual date that they aired? Friday, November 19th, 1993. So we do like to go back, look what was going on in the world that week, 30 years ago. And uh, I pulled a couple stories, and they both actually happened on November the 14th. Okay. Um, do you want to go sports or government first? Let's go sports. Sports. Always sports. Sports, sports, sports. November 14th, 1993, Don Shula becomes the coach with the most wins in NFL history. Is that still the case? A record that is still there today. Cool. Good for Don Shula. Um, I got to eat at his steak place and meet him. Uh, you met him just a couple he years before he died. Oh, he was like hanging out at his, at the state. It didn't just have his name on it. He actually was like, he was there, um, eating some steak. I think he actually came out, brought it to me. Really? I'm not making this up, but, uh, I'm really not. I mean, I believe you. I believe you, but, um, That's yeah, cool. I got a picture of them somewhere. Do you think Abdullah the Butcher brings out the food at his restaurant? I do. I think he probably cooks it, brings it out, washes the dishes, um, the whole, everything. The whole seat, put you at your table, seat you at your table. I don't know if that restaurant's still open anymore, though. I don't know. I think he did do all that. Okay. Uh, also, November 14th, <clears throat> this is probably pretty important. I don't know all the history if this has tried to... Uh, if this has been attempted more than once, but uh, in on November 14th, 1993, Puerto Rico votes against becoming the 51st state. Ooh, interesting. I don't know if that's gone to vote more than once or they were just like, nope, not happening. And then they're like, all right, we'll leave it alone. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I have no idea. But they did vote in 93 and they said, nah, we're okay. We're good over here. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it has its pluses and minuses. Um, that's what I got for news. What about movies and music? What was number one this week? Number one movie. Let's start with a song. The okay. song is still the same. Uh, the song is I Will Do Anything for Love. I'd do anything for love, but I won't do that by Meatloaf, which actually has a, there's a reference to that in, in one of the episodes this week. Oh, I re- um, yeah, yeah. Good point. I like, a, yeah, I mean, I mean, they went all out. And then new movie, um, the 
Three Musketeers movie from 1993. Disney? Starring Charlie Sheen, Kiefer Sutherland, Chris O'Donnell, Oliver Platt, Tim Curry, Rebecca DeMornay. What a cast. It's a, it was a pretty stacked cast. It wasn't my favorite version of this story. Um, it seemed like they were trying real hard to ride the coattails of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Uh, with this like a hint of Princess Bride thrown in there. Live but action, it, right? Oh, live action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not it was it was it was not as much fun as you would hope. I don't know. I feel like I've seen a Three Musketeers movie. I don't know if it was this well, one. I'll tell you, the one that it isn't called the Three Musketeers, but I I like I tend to lean towards the Man in the Iron Mask, the the yeah. um, the Leonardo DiCaprio movie from like 96, 97 cuz it's 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 basically the Three Musketeers kind of story but just told more from like the Leo as Man in the Iron Mask perspective i guess as the main character um but i don't know this didn't do it for me okay but it's on disney plus if you want to watch it it's you know it's free go go check it out any birthdays this week yeah we have two we have two we have a friend of the show angela watson sunday november 12th happy birthday angela uh, and then it was a big week for Step by Step because today, Friday the 17th, Brandon Call, of course, JT on Step by Step. So happy birthday to the two of you. I should have asked. I, I, I guess we didn't know it was both of their birthdays in the same week, but I wonder if they ever had like joint little parties. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they would get like cakes together and stuff, at least on set. Oh, just cakes. What is, you think they're like murdering strippers or something? I mean, JT might be. I don't know about Angela. Yeah, probably not. All right. They don't, um, they don't, really, seem like, they don't really seem like her she's thing. She's not the but... murdering stripper type. <laughs> no, but who knows with JT? Pod's very possible. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else before we get into the episodes? No, no. That's all I got. That's all I got. We're starting off at 8 o'clock. Starting strong with some family matters. Season 5, episode 9. Car Wars is the name of the episode. It starts off, uh, we got Eddie and some new girl making out on the couch. What's her name? Heather? Is that right? Is this uh, it is. It is Heather. They're making it out on the couch. Steve walks in right in the middle of it, and uh, Eddie's like, leave, Steve. And he's like, oh, is this... Uh, and then starts naming every single girl list. that Eddie might have ever met in his life, or that he's made out with on the couch in the last <clears throat> couple days. But uh, yeah, doesn't get Heather's name right. It obviously ruins it for Eddie. Um, I think she says, your history jack and then uh steve says well you're in luck eddie she thinks your name's <laughs> some guy named jack and then that kind of ends the intro this was a little funny intro yeah it was good uh theme yeah. song we come back to uh richie he's still alive and uh he's in the kitchen with carl doesn't have a mom or dad or any grandmother anybody. doesn't live there what yeah. is he doing what is he doing when everyone's at work i guess he's at school probably <laughs> he's probably starting some kind of business or like dance career or something yeah, so he's in the kitchen with Carl, obviously worried about Carl cooking because Carl has been known to uh, blow up an oven here and there. And uh, Harry gets home. We find out she got a new part-time job. She's a pirate. That's her new job. Yeah, and they don't really. This is kind of it. They don't talk about it at all through the rest of the episode. Yeah, some restaurant where she's security and has to do like Captain Captain Kids. Very minimal security. Like, I think her security is, like, make sure that they get the food to the table or something. I don't know. No, no. It was make sure that they only go to the um, salad bar one time oh. or something like that. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, they're at a uh, salad bar buffet pirate restaurant. Harriet has to dress like a pirate, and then Laura gets home, who is uh, kind of confused why her mom's dressed like a pirate, and she's got some big news. She has saved enough money to get that car she talked about a couple episodes ago. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that they're coming back to that. I like that they're 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 following that arc. I do too. And not only has she saved the money, she has already picked out the car. She went to the used dealership. And she found herself a 1981 Fiat Spider. Get it, girl. So Carl's like, oh, you need me to go with you to talk to him? And she's like, no, Dad. This is on me. I saved all this money myself. I want to be the one that goes to the dealership and buys the car as well. I can do it. Yeah, that's cool. That's good for her. And that's where we go from here. We go right to the dealership. Honest Bob's. Um, Eddie's dropping off Laura at the dealership, and then they show, uh, the salesman who, uh, yes, he does look familiar. Looks familiar. More importantly, sounds sounds familiar. familiar. Yes. Friend of the show, Stuart Pankin. He's the, uh, car salesman, and he's there and haggling with some guy to, uh, buy a car. I really appreciated this, like him being, uh, this was a... He was hilarious, I felt like, throughout this episode. And it was fun to see him, like, in like do his thing, you know, and not be, in a, you know, just the voice of a costume. I really appreciated him as this character. Has he he did some other episodes of TGIF shows, too, right? When we talked about um, it? I, I think this... Was it just this? It might have been. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I can look it up. But well, anyways, I, he's I, haggling I, with this guy. The important thing is the guy that he's haggling with, like, uh, is pretty not like demanding but like goes pretty low on the price of what he's asking for and uh honest bob comes down to what he wants pretty easily well there's some back and forth i wouldn't and he doesn't get a the, little bit the, but the, i mean the like first price I, I think it was just some negotiation and the guy did threaten to walk away and you know all the all the stuff so i don't know i feel like honest bob caved in real quick he's like all right okay we'll do it right. um so sells him the car Goes into his office, which is a little trailer, and then uh, he sees Laura, and uh, Laura obviously wants to buy this uh, 1981 Fiat Spider that she's standing in front of. Uh, the listed price is 2000 She offers 1600 and uh, he immediately just shows her a different car. Oh, this is more in your range over here. Well, he makes other comments like, you know, this that you know, this one's an automatic, so you won't have to worry about driving a stick. And she's like, well, I know how to drive a stick. That's not a problem. Like, it, it, he's he's kind of discounting her ability or knowledge of, of automobiles. Yeah, she tries to haggle a little bit, but he does not come down in price, leaving her at this point without a car. Yes, that is correct. So from here we she, go. She walks. She walks. Yep. See ya, honest Bob. Um, we're at the Winslow's couch now. Steve's just hanging out for some reason all by himself and uh, making a mess with like a bowl of candy, just spilling it. I want to, I just, so just remember that. Remember this random bowl of candy. Okay. For how long do you want me to remember? For this, for a couple episodes or for like this show while we're talking this morning. Okay. I can, I can do that. This was one of those, this was one of those reoccurring props and multiple, like there's a part in step by step where Frank is just randomly playing. With oh, candy this episode of table. our show, not this episode of the show. Of, okay. Yeah, of our show. Like this candy comes back. Is what you're saying. There was another episode of something recently. I can't. I can't remember if it was this week or last week where someone's just like randomly playing with M and M's or or some kind of. Okay. Candy. I don't know. This was one of those props that just seemed to be for no reason in every episode. All right. So he drops a whole bunch of candy on the ground. Um, 
And then who comes home? Uh, Laura and Eddie, I think. Laura and Eddie, right, right, right. They they, get back from the, yeah. They come home. Um, We find out that Steve tried to help Eddie by calling Heather, (laughs) but ended up calling her, called her on the phone, but called her by the wrong name, just kept calling her Helen, which obviously is not correct, which has not helped out Eddie anymore. No, 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 no. He called the wrong girl altogether. He called (sighs) Helen. Oh, he called Helen. Okay. And called her Heather. And Helen is Eddie's date for tomorrow. So now his future date is like, what's going on? That's, uh, I'm not Heather. Eddie's mad, mad, obviously. He's, uh, (laughs) chases Steve out the door. And then Harriet comes downstairs after hearing everything going on, uh, in the living room. And uh, this is where Laura kind of tells her mom that she didn't get the car. But she's not giving up. She's like, I'm still going for it. I have a plan. I'm going to get this car. So from here, um, we go to Steve, who um, comes back in the house. Now, while they're having this conversation, Laura and Harriet are on the ground picking up all this candy. Steve comes back in. Knocks it back out of their hand, and we're back to candy all over the place. Steve, can you hear yeah. me? Yeah. You can hear me? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I thought <laughs> I like dropped out for a second. I you might have cut happened. out for a second, but it's fine. Um, yeah. So, but hey, I do want to I do want to make one comment. One comment, real quick. This, this is what I was like screaming into my microphone. Um, so, what what the reason that that Laura tells her mom that she thinks that she didn't get a good deal from Bob was because that she is a girl, and he she thinks that Bob wants to only deal with guys and not with with girls and so there's this whole like kind of misogynistic thing that they start to set up yeah honest bob uh might have some favoritism over here yes so it's a new day now um new laura's got a new plan she's now coming downstairs and she's not laura she's larry dressed up as a dude thinks she can go down to the uh, car shop and uh, get a better deal if she's actually a guy and not Laura. Did you think that the, her name as Larry is a reference to the Grandmama episode where Larry Johnson dressed up as a woman and now she is dressing up as a guy named Larry? I did not. Um, it. I mean, it could have, but I mean, at the same time, her name's Laura. It's pretty That's close. True. Laura, Larry. Yeah, that is true. Um, it's, it's more more in depth than that. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, she's going to go down to the car, uh, Honest Bob's, try to buy this car as a guy, and Steve thinks uh, she might need some help. So he takes her through a little lesson on how to act like a man. And uh, it involves what, how to talk like a man, some mannerisms, like how to adjust your pants. They, uh, they practice a little bit. Oh, and some catcalling, too. That's in there as well. Oh, yeah, that was a big part. Yeah, big part. So now we're at the dealers. We're back at Honest Bob's. Steve and Laura, or Larry, arrive at the dealership. Steve drops her off. And then uh, Larry, Laura, comes out of the car. And uh, Honest Bob sees this man trying to buy a car. And uh, immediately starts acting a little differently than when he tried to sell the car to Laura. Oh, yeah, he's ready to go. He's ready to deal. Uh, A woman comes by. They catcall the woman together. And uh, and the negotiations begin with... um, Laura starting at the same price that she started at before, $1,600, which uh, triggers Honest Bob immediately, and he knows what's going on. Yeah, he's immediately tipped off, and uh, he asks, he's like, have you been here before? 
does like a little circle. I think he pulls off her uh, her hat to reveal. He does. You're not Larry. You're Laura, the same girl that was here the other day trying to buy this car. So she loses it. She starts crying. Um, we do figure out pretty quickly, though. It's fake crying. She's not actually crying. But the big thing is, Honest Bob's buying it. He thinks she's actually crying. He goes all the way down to $1,700. She says deal. And Laura has herself a car. Well, that's when she stops crying. I don't. I wouldn't say we knew. We knew oh, that she was. No, I think they wanted you to know. Like I think they want. I think they wanted the audience to know she's fake crying right away. But like obviously, honest Bob is falling. I don't know. Like I feel I mean, like I think we can make that assumption. But I think I, we don't really know until she says he okay, doesn't. Says he something. doesn't know. We know. She doesn't give us like a wink and a nod or anything. No, I mean we do know from the past that the actress that plays Laura is a pretty bad crier, though. We've had some episodes where that is we've true. said she's really bad at crying. She is a bad crier. That is absolutely one hundred percent true. So yeah, it could go either way. Um, but the big thing is, she tricked them. She's got a car for pretty much the price that she wanted it for. Right. Exactly. And Steve shows back up. Um, she's like, oh, don't worry, Steve. I don't need you to drive me home. I'm driving home in my brand new Fiat. Well, 1981 Fiat. How many years is that? Like 20 years old? No, 22 years old? No, 12 years old? I can't do math. 93, 81, 12 years old? You dropped out. I have no idea what you said. How old is that Fiat? 12 years old? How old what, what year is it from? 81. 81, so it's a 12-year-old car at yeah. that point. All right. I mean, it still probably runs. So, um, Steve leaves, but as he does that, uh, his car is attached to like the used car flags that are hanging all over the place. Car hooks him, drives away, pulls down a whole bunch of flags. I thought he was going to damage some cars, which could have been bad news, but uh, it doesn't look like they really did any cars. I did too. No, it doesn't. It looked pretty harmless, but Bob has this like look on his face like, what am I going to do? So then we go back to the Winslows. Laura's telling her mom what happened. Harriet's proud of her for lying. That's exactly what you got to do. Lie to get everything you want. And uh, Carl gets home. And uh, she's like, ah, I'm going to drag this out a little further. So she she's like, Harriet, mom, watch this. And she like turns around, puts her mustache back on, and uh, tries to trick her dad into thinking that it's uh, a date for Laura, but he quickly falls, or he quickly figures out what the issue is. He knows immediately. He knows, and uh, kind of, I forget what he says. Like, something here. That, oh, he's like, like oh, yeah, um, keep her out all night. Keep her, all, you know, no, no curfew. Uh, oh, and Laura likes to car. eat a lot, so make sure you feed her or something. He says. Yeah. But, yeah, that's yeah, it. Okay. It's Laura trying to trick her dad. Her dad falls for it, tricks her back, and or doesn't fall for it, figures it out, tricks her back, and then that's the end of the episode. That is. That's the end. Uh, we do get a credit scene here. Eddie's with another new girl. This is not uh, Helen or Heather, or is it? Or is it? Uh, it is Helen. It is Helen. Is that who he who Steve called? That was who Steve called. Evidently, Eddie was able to, able to smooth things out. Yep, smoothed yeah. it out. But Steve comes in. He brought Heather back to try to smooth things out. Got it all worked out with her. And then it's just a mess. Heather and Helen leave together. And then Eddie chases Steve once again out the door. Disaster. So that's a Family Matters for this week. We then go to our 8.30 show, which is Step by Step, Season 3, Episode 9. Uh, the Marrying Dude is the name of this one. 
it, it is. This is, this is sorry. There's so much, there's so many themes that run throughout all of these episodes this week. And this is one of them that is about to start. Yeah. So starts off with Dana in the kitchen. Uh, Al comes in and, uh, uh, what is she doing? I don't even know what this says. Um, she wants to talk. She asks Dana if they can talk. She's got boy problems and, and, or no, no, I'm sorry. She's upset and, and Dana can tell. And she's like, can I help you with, with whatever's going on? And she's like, well, it's boy problems. So you probably can't. And then Karen comes um, in, right? And then Karen comes in and she's like, perfect. I am here for that. <laughs> so yeah, Al tells Karen about, uh, Jeff, this boy that she likes, who she was hoping would ask her out, but then ended up asking out some girl down the street. And Karen's quickly like, oh, is that the girl with the monster boobs? And she's like, yeah, that's her. And then... Uh, that's pretty much what she says, yeah. She figures it out, and Dana calls uh, guys slime, and Karen agrees, but uh, says, well, but some of them are cute. Right. That's setting up uh, one plot for this episode. Yes, that is one of the one of the plots. Not the main plot, I would say, but a plot. Oh, yeah. So, theme song, we come back to Frank watching football. Carol comes in, it's like, Frank, I really want to redecorate this living room. I've got all these ideas. Do you want to look at them? And uh, we know already, but I'll confirm that the two of them have very different tastes and probably different wants for living room furniture. Oh, absolutely. And I don't think either of them have good taste. I think they're both they're both struggling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cody comes in and asks to borrow Frank's cologne. We find out that uh, Cody has a blind date. And, a, and I like how they tied this back in, too. They do. It's a date they, that someone responded to his motor, motorcycle magazine ad that he put out looking for uh, a woman, and woman. someone has responded. And it's not the girl from the jail who they also bring back, I was going to say, not too. only do they, yeah, right, right. Not only do they bring back up that it is, that he put this ad in, but they also reference the the woman in jail who sent him the letter, which was only in the credit scene from that previous episode. It wasn't even, like, part of the main story. That's pretty good. I like it. It is good. It is good. Um... Doorbell rings. It's Cody's date. Her name's Bonnie. She's got a kid with her. His name's Riley. And uh, she's like, uh, I couldn't find a sitter. So here's Riley. And Cody's cool with it. Bonds immediately with this kid over video games. Even more than it seems like he's bonding with Bonnie. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes. So <laughs> that sets up plot two and three of this episode, I guess. Yep. We plot got two and three. Al three. with yep. boy problems. We've got uh furniture issues in the living room and then we've got cody and bonnie correct absolutely that is your we are keeping track of things we're upstairs now good good little tie-in joke here too i like oh yeah with al Uh al using a thigh master who very famously is uh endorsed by uh Suzanne Summers. Suzanne Summers, Carol herself. And uh, she's using the Stye Master a little incorrectly as she, I mean, maybe it is correctly. I don't know if this works. I, but, don't, uh, know. I don't know. She's got the Stye Master at her arms trying to do like uh, butterfly presses kind of things with it and uh, hoping that maybe that'll get her bigger boobs. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Karen and Dana come into the room. They see her doing this and they tell her, uh, you, you don't need to worry, Al. Um, this is not a big deal. You'll find a boy eventually that likes you for you. Yeah, and, and they also are like that. You know, that's not going to work. You, you're you're not doing. Can't do anything about. That. But then doesn't Karen go over to the mirror and start doing it herself? Right. When they, yeah, when everyone when no one's looking, she goes and starts doing it herself. Yeah. Uh, next scene, we're back in the kitchen with Frank and Carol. Carol tells Frank 
Frank, you're going to be so happy. I actually went out and bought all new living room furniture by myself so you didn't have to do it. That is not a good play, ever. Never go buy furniture without consulting your significant other. Takes Frank into the living room and pink everywhere. It is, it's like a grandma threw up in that room. She's really excited too. And Frank obviously hates it. Understandably. It's bad. It's bad. Um, Cody comes in. Uh, he supports the uh, furniture, though. He uh, makes the same comment that uh, Carol make that it, <laughs> it feels like you're floating in clouds when you're in there, and that maybe. But he also have... says the exact same like design thing. Yeah, like, like maybe we, we should just paint, paint these walls like a like a white and a do like bleach the floor. It'll look just like a cloud, and that's exactly, of course, what Carol said. Yep, and then uh, Bonnie and Riley come back over, and uh, Cody's still bonding with Riley, having a good time, a little more than Bonnie again. And uh, Frank invites Riley to go into the kitchen to get a popsicle. So they go off in the kitchen, uh, leaving Bonnie and Cody a second to talk. And we find out Bonnie wants to go for it. She's like, let's go somewhere after the date. Let's get a little more romantic. Why don't you just spend the night at my place? And then we get we Cody follows through with what he said in the past, which is uh, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for marriage. I'm waiting to be married. I want to save that for the special lady. Yeah. And then uh, he, 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 I think he calls it the wild monkey dance is what he says. <laughs> sure, maybe. And uh, she's like, I've been thinking about it. Why don't we just get married, Cody? She's like, look, I'm really horny and I need it. I need, I need another get, kid. This one's already five. That's what it's going to take. Let's just get married. <laughs> so things are moving too fast for Cody, obviously. Um, but she's like, I think you would make a great father, Cody. And then Riley comes back out from the kitchen tells Cody how he wishes that he would be his dad and that's all Cody needs. He's like good news little man, we're getting married. <laughs> <laughs> good for Riley, good for uh Bonnie, good tricking for some Cody. other dude. Did Bonnie look familiar to you by any chance by the way? Um well she's like Ma- Marianne from Perfect later. Strangers or something. No, she's the main lady from uh Jason Manhattan. From what? Oh, from <laughs> Really? Friday thir- yeah, Friday 13th, part eight. That's funny. Uh, all right, so now it's dinner time in the uh, Foster Lambert house. The kids are coming down. Before Al comes down, Karen comes down and tells everyone, hey, don't make fun of Al. Something's different. Just Before just this, though, Brendan runs in from the out, out back and is like, has anyone seen my Nerf football? That's <laughs> what he says. Um, yeah. Al comes down, obviously, with a couple Nerf footballs in her shirt because I don't think said, that happens I think, overnight. I think ner- yeah, JT's like, I think we know where your Nerf football is. Yeah, um, Mark comes down, sees Al with her stuffed shirt, almost has a heart attack in front of everyone John in the kitchen. Drops. Carol is like, Al, come with me in the living room right now. <laughs> so they just go off in the living room, and Al tells Carol about how boys in her class only like girls with big boobs, and Carol says, no, 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 no you've got to get this right. And she's like, well, you already have perfect body. She's like, well, it's not always the best thing to have because, of course, at this age, that's what guys want. But, I mean, that's not what you want, Al. You want a guy that likes you for you, not that just likes you because you have boobs. Right. She, she talks her dad. She, she kind of gets her to a good spot. Yeah, and I actually uh, wanted to get a female opinion on how they treated this 
situation and asked my wife because she was watching and she said they did a fantastic job she likes the uh the response from carol she thinks it's great advice for a child and uh she's on board good cool excellent um after dinner is that the end of that conversation pretty much yeah they 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 wrapped that up pretty quickly yeah so the next scene is after dinner i think frank is like drying off some plates cody comes into the kitchen to talk to frank wants Frank to be the best man at the wedding. And Frank's like, whoa, you've only known this girl for a couple weeks. Don't you think you're moving a little quick? And of course, Cody brings up Frank and Carol, who only knew each other for a couple days before they got married. And Cody's like, uh, yeah, we're going to do this. And Frank says, well, are you in love with her? And quickly we figure out, well, we kind of knew it already, I think. But right. Cody's not really in love with Bonnie. He just really wants Riley to have a dad, and he's a sucker. And I think that's more of what it was. Is he just kind of got caught up in the moment. Yeah. And Cody now does not know what to do. Does he break it up with Bonnie? Does he go through with it? What a dilemma. He, I mean, he's going to do the right thing, right? It's Cody. What's the right thing? To break up with her. So JT um, is now, I think, in the living room telling Cody, uh, hey, why don't you just do this? Why don't you tell Bonnie that you have an evil twin? And it was the evil twin that said that he would marry you. And he's like, no, man, I got to do the right thing. I got to stand up. I got to be a man. Good for Cody. And then Bonnie and Riley come over. And Cody tells Bonnie how he's feeling, breaks it all down to her, and uh, feels that, the two of them are just doing it for Riley. If Riley wasn't in the picture, the two of them would not be getting married. And she takes it pretty well, I would say. Yeah. Um, I mean, how old's this kid? Seven? Sure. I bet this isn't the first time they've tried to do this. Probably right. Cody's like, yo, little man, don't worry. We can still hang out. I can still be there. I'll do whatever you need for. I'll. I mean, I'm. I'm here for you. We'll still go to the arcade, buddy. Still go to the arcade. We'll still watch movies. We'll still hang out in my van. And uh, Riley's like, "Yeah, man, I'm on board." And that's the end of the episode. That resolves so cleanly. So cleanly. Do we have any more Bonnie and Riley? No. That's it. Why do we have more Bonnie and Riley after that? Because they're going to still hang out and go to the, the, the movie theater and well, arcade not and on, stuff. not on screen, they're not. Do get a credit scene with uh, Frank, who has pulled a carol and redecorated the living room all this by himself. This is where, by the way, he is playing He's playing with M&Ms or some candy okay. before she walks in. When, when Carol walks in, he's like flipping around some, you know, some candy. They go in the living room, and what do you know? It's all sports everywhere. We've got wall banners. Wall. We've got couches. We've got a pretty awesome-looking uh, baseball glove chair, though. I think that looks pretty comfortable. It does look comfy. It's like a it's like a papazon, but as a as like a a baseball glove. Carol hates it. She's like, "What do you want me to do? You want me to go get the old furniture back from the uh, garage?" And he's like. Yeah, I mean, sure. And that was his plan the whole way. He knew she was going to say no. He just wanted to get back to that old furniture. Of course. He's like, I'll get the kids. Yep. So that's step by step. Uh, we then go to 9 o'clock. Boy. I just want to say, that that whole episode was really weird. I, it was not my favorite. Like, the interactions between Bonnie and Cody were just uncomfortable most of the time. Like, it was just a, not my favorite episode. Yeah. I don't know. 
Boy Meets World, Season okay. 1, Episode 8. Uh, Teacher's Bet? Maybe that's the name of the episode? Sounds right. That's what I wrote. Um, Sean brings uh, Corey this article on Barry Bonds, and uh, Minkus is surprised that uh, Barry Bonds, a baseball player, makes as much money as he does, compares it to how much Feeney makes, and thinks it's unfair. Right, because they talk about him making like 40-some million a year, or 40-some million over however many years, and... And Feeney's making 40000 a year, which I feel like is a lot for a teacher back then. Back then, yeah. I would think so. But, um, yeah, they're comparing baseball salary to teacher salary, and Corey and Sean think Feeney's making way too much money. They're like, he doesn't even do anything. All he does is read the book or give you the book and have you read it. And they say that um, teaching never even changes. It's the same thing every year. It's so predictable. It's so predictable. Math, the same. History, the same. So predictable. I can even tell you what Feeney's going to do right now. He's going to walk in. He's going to go to the water fountain. He's going to take a sip. He's going to wipe off his mustache. And then he's going to tell me, uh, ask me if I did my homework. And what do you know? That's exactly what Feeney does. All those things in that order. Theme song. Feeney Feeney throws a curveball at the end. Oh, what does he say? He says, except my, uh, he basically knows exactly what Corey is going to respond because he says, did you do your homework, Mr. Matthews? And Corey says, yes. And then they together say, but my sister ate it. And so it's just kind of showing how predictable Corey is as well. Uh, theme song, we come back. We're in social studies class now. They're discussing prejudice through history. And uh, Feeney has uh, given out a book for homework. Tells everyone, read the first 30 pages of this book. Yes. And uh, Corey tells Feeney, your job's so easy. Like, it, all you do is the same thing every week. And Feeney's like, well, do you think your job's easier? And I literally, before we get anywhere, I wrote down, ah, with eight H's. Because, again, three times in the last three weeks, we had the exact same episode. Look, I all of this week, all I could think of was I was just looking back on the beginning of this season and thinking about how I mean, we have said since the beginning of TGIF that they clearly have like themes that run throughout a lot of these shows, whether it's just maybe a small reference or something more thematical. But this season has been the laziest season of like coming up with show concepts I've seen in the last five years. I mean, every week it feels like they're just recycling and recycling and recycling. Um, and this week is this is the thing though they still get some good episodes out of it well because what 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 like if they're standalone episodes like you and you're not thinking about oh wait this is just that there's some good episodes in there you're right because there's there is good writing but like show con especially like this week like between family matters step by step and and hang on mr cooper um, you've got kind of three themes that like, you've got the whole like prejudice, you know, you've got like the misogyny in family matters. You've got this kind of prejudice thing we're going to get into with step-by-step. Step. And then you've kind of got this kind of prejudice thing a little bit with, with hanging with Mr. Cooper. I was thinking actually more about the episode from like a week or two ago on hanging with Mr. Cooper that had the really strong storyline between oh, the Asian basketball and, player, right? Yeah. The Asian basketball player. Right. So there was that that tied into all that. And then you've also got this whole like marriage thing going on this week between step by step and hanging with Mr. Cooper. It's just like, like come up with like separate these, like spread them out. Like don't remind us that you just did this last week. Yeah. And then to add to it now we have Feeney asking to trade positions with Corey, which we've now seen on step by step with the parents trading with Dana and, uh, 
hanging with Mr. Cooper and hanging with Mr. Cooper where who, who traded with who on it wasn't on as, it wasn't quite as like direct, but the whole thing when, um, Nicole wanted to divorce Geneva and so, Oh they, yeah. You'd be you, the parent kind of you'd thing. You'd be the parent. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I know. I know. So we're going to trade Mr. Uh, Matthews. And then on Friday you give the test. And if more students than normal pass, you win. Corey loves the idea. He's on board. And then Feeney throws in, but why don't we make it a little more interesting, Mr. Matthews? So there's going to be a side bet going on. We don't know what it is yet. We don't know, but I'm, I'm interested to find out. We go back to the house. Uh, Eric and his new girlfriend come home. Her name is Linda, um, who says she's 15 and three quarters years old, but she looks more like she's 25 years old. But Definitely 25, 26. Absolutely. Um, Linda and Morgan talk a little bit and, uh, Corey and his dad get home at the same time. Yeah. And this was another thing that, that happens here. That is exactly what happened in family matters this week where, uh, Morgan just starts like rattling off old girlfriends on the couch. Oh, yeah. While Laura, yeah. while Linda's there, which is exactly what Steve did. You know, it, it's the same idea of what Steve did. Yep. So Corey and his dad get home. And Corey tells his parents about this bet that Feeney's got. And we do learn about the side bet as well. Um, if Cor- or if Feeney wins the bet, he gets Corey's bike. And if Corey wins the bet, he gets one-fifth of a week's paycheck from uh, Mr. Feeney. And I like that Alan is just really concerned. He's like, I just bought you the bike. I don't want you to lose the bike. You're going to lose the bike. He has, he, he has no faith in his son winning this bet. No, but also him and Amy, the, the you know, the, they, they both say something that, I'm, that was what I was thinking the whole time. It's like, what does Beanie want with a bike? And this is like kind of a driving, like nagging thing for both of them. It's like, what is the goal? Like, what is he doing here? Why does he want this bike? Which is what I want to know too. Why it's does just he just another Feeney proving a point, which sure. he does a lot in this show. That is true. That is true. So now we go back to school. We're in class. Um, Corey walks over to Mr. Feeney just to confirm with him one more time. Like, I can do whatever I want, right? Like, this is my class. I get to teach it. He's like, yes, Mr. Matthews. This is your class. Do whatever you want. So um, Corey starts class, introduces himself, lets everyone know that he's going to be teaching this week. And Minkus immediately just starts freaking out. He's like, what? He, he can't do that. Right. Right. And um, he will. starts talking about some rules. He's like, all right, we're going to allow ball caps. Everyone can put their hats on in class. And then Topanga suggests that, um, why don't we just get rid of the dress code completely? And Corey's like, wait, what? Are you just going to come in here naked? And she's like, no, I want to wear some gown or something like that. I want to appropriate every culture I can think of right now to wear to class. And Corey's like, I'll allow it. And uh, then Corey starts teaching and by that I mean he tells everyone to read the first 30 pages of the book which is exactly what uh, Feeney had given out for homework the night before Minkus immediately stands up and says wait a minute wasn't this already the homework and Corey says yes but we know it no no one ever actually does their homework so I'm giving everyone another chance to do their homework from yesterday very thoughtful I do like that he also called himself he wrote that his name was hey dude on the uh, on the chalkboard yeah uh, all right, so that kind of sets up what's going on in the classroom. Um, we go back to the house. Um, Linda, which if you remember is Eric's new girlfriend, has uh, sent over a Japanese lantern for Morgan, a little gift from yes. Japan. Corey comes home. He's real happy. Um, he loved teaching the class. He feels like he did a great job. 
and uh, Allen kind of just confirms one more time that it's a real bet going on for the bike. Well, what he also does, though, is he really like teases out the the conditions here, which is that the Corey has to have more kids pass based on Feeney's grading oh, yeah. than normal, and Feeney grades on a curve. And therefore, if Feeney is taking the test, the curve is going to be skewed because Feeney will presumably, you know, do well. And yeah, he wrote cause the test. More kids to fail. Yeah, and cause more kids to fail. So Alan's like, your bike's gone. <laughs> you don't have a bike anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we go back to the class. Corey is uh, a little worried. Class is getting a little out of control. People are just standing up, throwing stuff. Everyone's just... Just crazy in there. Um, is this where yeah, we I get mean, the uh, reference that you're talking about, or is this the next? Is that the next scene? It's it's not this one. It's the next time. Okay. Um, yeah, it, I was just say Corey's like begging Sean to help him, like you know, get the class under control. And I think Topanga brings in a yoga mat and sits on. She, yeah, it. she moves her she moves her desk out of the way. She's sitting on a yoga mat on the floor. Minkus has moved his desk out of the way. He's like, forget it. If we're doing this, we're doing this. And he's like on a big giant bouncy ball hanging out in class so they're not getting anything done feeney comes in he does uh he is wearing a phillies jersey and a baseball cap since i mean it's allowed might as well he's also late he's also like 10 15 minutes late he's a little late and uh minkus does uh let Corey know that he doesn't want to be called minkus anymore he wants to be called stewart which is his real name like a reasonable request generally. He's just like, you call everybody else by their first name. Why do you call me Minkus? Stop calling me Minkus. Yeah. Class is a little bit of a mess, though. That's a big thing. Um, go back to the house. Corey tells his dad, is teaching things a little harder than I thought. And uh, Alan tells him, well, you just need to be a little more authoritative. And uh, at this point, Linda and Eric get home. And Linda is bawling. Something happened. She's crying, and Eric is doing his best to try to console her. Right. Find out they were at the mall. Someone called her a bad name. We don't know exactly what the name was. We have a feeling it has to do something with her ethnicity, but that's about all we know. But it it upset her a lot, whatever it was. It did. Yeah, and Corey, there's this whole kind of underlying thing here with Corey where when, when Feeney hands out the book, Diary of Anne Frank. He, he's like this. Does, you know, this isn't even relevant anymore. This doesn't happen. There's no prejudice. Blah blah blah. And Corey, when Linda is telling everybody what happened, is just like this happened here and Armal now. Like he just can't believe that somebody that this is still happening there. today. That's his big thing. Like how is right, this actually right. happening and this close to me? Yes, exactly. Uh, back to class. Corey asks uh, Stuart Minkus for uh, some help trying to get the class together. Well, first of all, I think it's important that we mention that Corey comes in to this class yeah, like a wearing a suit. Yeah, he is like dressed and and like ready to ready to teach. Taking it much more seriously. Right. Um But he does. He goes to Minkus and says, Hey, look, you're the smart kid. Help me out here. If you pay attention, then I think anybody everybody else will, which I don't really understand that logic, but whatever. Um and then Feeney walks in. Yeah, and Feeney, you can talk about what Feeney's wearing at this point. Feeney went to meatloaf.com, however that might have looked in 1993, and said, give me one of everything. Because um, he's got a meatloaf hat. He's got a meatloaf shirt. He's probably got meatloaf socks. I'm sure there's a like a keychain somewhere in his pocket. He is fully meatloafed out. They're like, look, number one song. This is a big deal. Let's uh, let's get as much meatloaf as we can in this in this shot. This also shows that they're probably turning these episodes around pretty quickly. 
well, so maybe I thought about that. I was like, man, that song was just number one last week. But if you it'd remember, been a, it had been out for a while. It had been out for a long time, and I think that it was just biding its time, waiting for Mariah Carey. But to still, what five weeks? Maybe six weeks? Yeah, that sounds. It's still I, pretty I mean, quick. It, would, it feels like I don't know. I mean, you're right, but I, I do think that I mean we know. So we know from talking to multiple member, like multiple cast folks, that they were airing the episodes while they were filming them because yeah, they said yeah. that they couldn't watch it because it was they would normally film on Friday nights. And so I mean, yeah, probably I'd probably say there was like a three or four week lead time at least. You know, it yeah, makes sense to me. So Corey starts class, and uh, this is a serious subject. I mean, it's hitting Corey hard, so he wants to make sure that everyone understands. And this was kind of what Feeney was going for before he handed it over to Corey anyways. He explains how prejudice still exists in the world, as we know with what happened with Eric and Linda. And uh, he really wants to know, or he really wants everyone in the class to understand how big of a deal this is. And Feeney is, like, really listening now. Um, but eventually, Corey's like, I give up. Yeah, because no, no one else is listening. No, no one else is paying attention or bothering to to listen yep he says i think i'm a, a, a crummy teacher and i resign and as he's walking out the door he uh i don't know if he stopped by sean or if he stops sean and he's like sean what's your last name and whatever his last name is and he's like what does he say like what if someone called you a wop is what he says or or is it more like uh what if someone called your mom that i can't remember what it was no like he calls him that oh you he's- are he says, oh, you must be that. I don't want to say, I don't like saying that word. I'm not going to say that word. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm he, saying it in context, obviously. Right. So he, because he said, you know, what's your mother's maiden name? He tells him his mother's maiden name. And that's why he calls him that. Um, and kind of starts and like really like intentionally antagonizes Sean, obviously, to like try to make this point. Yeah. And Sean, obviously, getting very angry with Corey. And he right. says, well, what, how would you feel if you lived in a country? where people got killed for their last name. And then he pulls out the book, Diary of a Young Girl by Anne Frank, explains the girl that wrote this book, she was actually killed for for having, like, last name Frank or whatever. And then, like, everyone in the class is really listening now to Corey. Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, that scene kind of ends with, like, a real serious moment with everyone in the class. And then we go to a scene after that with Corey and Feeney. Uh, the test was given out. Everyone took the test. They're talking about the test results. It's obviously the end of the week. The bet's about to be over. Um, and Feeney says everyone did exactly the same. The same amount of people passed as usual. So, Which a, technically means tie. that probably one more person failed than normal because Feeney passed. And it's probably fair to say that Corey would not have passed. Yeah. I mean, with maybe with the curve or something, that changes yeah. something. But uh, we find out Sean actually got a grade higher than he usually gets. And uh, Feeney says, one more person learned something this week, too. And he's like, you did. I actually got you to read this book. And that was <laughs> my point the whole time. Yep. You did. You did. And Corey gets it. Yeah, much like much like what was the this is just kind of similar to the to the geography beat where Feeney gets him to get a good grade by not realizing he's getting a good grade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, credit scene. Uh, we find out Eric's dating a cheerleader now, but it's just Linda. Linda made the cheerleading team. She comes in. 
Um, well, well before she, she, she didn't come in right she away. Comes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, Eric's telling this to Amy, and Amy's like, oh, "I used to be a cheerleader." Let me show you a little cheer that yeah. we did when when I was in high school, and then she goes through this like cheer, which is I, I mean, there's no way they're doing stuff like this anymore. It's no, kind, it's that's like, kind of what Eric's thinking as he's watching it. Yeah, he called. I mean, he tells her he's like, "That's dated and old. No one's doing that anymore." Doorbell rings. Linda comes over in her cheerleading outfit. Uh, Eric's like, "Linda, show my mom the stuff that you guys are doing when you're cheering now." And like, Eric and Linda's like, "Oh yeah, we actually just learned to cheer." And then she does the exact cheer that Amy did. <laughs> he's like, "That's great. It's cutting edge. It's pushing yeah. boundaries." So that's uh, Boy Meets World for this week. We got one more episode. It's Hanging with Mr. Cooper, season two, episode nine. The Prince of Soul. It starts off, we've got Geneva baking. Coop comes in, comments on uh, who she's baking for, which is where we immediately get our diss of the week this week. Now, Mark, those women aren't large. They're just filled with the joy of the word. <laughs> they feel with joy, all right? Almond joy. <laughs> so after that, uh, Tyler comes in, introduces Princess Nicole. Nicole is... Uh, what what is she doing with Tyler at this point? Why does she get to be a princess? Do we even know? Are you asking that as a question? I am asking. I'm asking you. I, so I think Tyler has a crush on Nicole. I think Tyler just will do, do anything Nicole wants. Nicole wants to do, and so this week Nicole. Well, or we is it because Nicole, the movie? Is that why? Well, that's what I say. We know Nicole wants to see Sleeping Beauty, and so she's got princess on the mind, and that's and that's why she's a princess wants to be a princess right now. But Tyler's willing to go along with it because he says something about like. Love will make you do weird things or some, something like that. Yeah. So um, Geneva can't take her to the movie, though. So asks Mark to take her, who says, I can't go because I've got plans with Vanessa. Vanessa comes in, says, hey, Mark, sorry, I got to cancel our plans. And now Mark is stuck taking uh, probably Tyler and uh, Nicole to Sleeping Beauty. Pretty much. His family just goes to Disney movies all the time. Because was it last week that they were going to, two weeks ago, when they were going to go to the... Uh... Geneva was going to go see Snow Snow White. Yeah, I don't know. Did those come out around the same time? No, no. Snow White's like like sixty years old. Maybe it was re released in theaters. I know I got I'm like sure. when we they were a kid, we they got like the VHSs for Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, and Cinderella. Like all three of those around the same time. I remember. That, I mean, that's probably when they were like kind of just spinning up that collection. Yeah, know? I mean, it's probably right around this time, early nineties, I would yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, theme song. We come back to uh, Coop wanting to know why Vanessa changed her plans, why they got canceled, and uh, we find out Vanessa got another new job. Good for her. This time she's gonna work at a soul food restaurant. Which Coop says, "How you have zero soul." Not only that, but we know she's not a good food service individual. Like we know that she's not from a the good Japanese job. restaurant, right? Right. Like, so why go back to that? Why not find something different? Yeah, I mean, you would think she's got qualifications to work somewhere a little better too. Like she worked at an investment firm for a few years, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, and now her choices like, have been restaurant, record store, restaurant. Yeah. So I don't know. I Whatever. feel her though. I, I was in that part of my life where I <laughs> just, just needs to change. Left a job and worked Pizza Hut, Blockbuster. <laughs> There you go. Uh, all right, so now we're at this restaurant. Vanessa sucks at waiting tables, obviously. Um, then Coop and Nicole and Benny show up. Have we? Have, we've never seen Benny before, have we? Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah we yeah, have. We've and we've talked before. about how Benny's Don Cheadle. Yeah, yeah. This oh. is not the first Benny. So they come to visit Vanessa working, um, 
And Vanessa is kind of still finishing up this table that she's waiting on. Uh, this man who, what was he wearing at this point? Was he in like his like garb or was he like, yeah, he was in full like African garb. Yeah. He was. Yep. So he kind of starts hitting on Vanessa and, uh, she, I, I don't remember what he says, like something like, uh, he's just real sweet. He's just real nice to her. And talking he's not about coming how, on how super he, hard yet. Well, he does kind of do this whole thing where he's like a woman as beautiful as you shouldn't be working. If you, oh, if, yeah, I, if you yeah. were dating me or if we were dating, like I wouldn't let you work. Which I don't know can go a couple different ways, but uh, Benny sees what's up. Benny kind of seems to like be a little bit jealous, and he like calls her over to to talk to her. Yeah, and, and they talk to her about soul food about, a little, about chitlins. Well, about chitlins and her not knowing what they are and pronouncing them chitterlings, and then she faints. One, one, she they faints because they, tell, they explain it right. Exactly. Yeah. So then uh, the African guy who was at the other table comes over to check on her. Maybe he's a doctor too. I don't know, but like wakes her up and uh, offers for her to come with him he'll work overtime if he has to just to have her which doesn't make sense later in context but <laughs> whatever. um we're at the house vanessa is now also wearing this like african gown and um she wants to go um by her african name now falam or no falami Fal- that's her name right falami Rhymes with salami, which I think Mark jokes about. Right, exactly. He does. And uh, she tells them that... What What is this dude's name? Do we know his name? Uh, we don't find it out until Not yet. a little bit later, but it's it's Akadama. Is Akadama. That's his name. We find out that Akadama has asked Vanessa to marry her. Now, she hasn't given him an answer yet, but uh, kind of looks like she's probably going to say yes. So he comes over. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I would say no. Uh, we don't. I don't think we really get a good direction. I mean, here. she's wearing um, the gown in the house. She wants to go I mean, buy. She's she wants to go it, buy Falami. I think. I think she's sold less, already. She's a little less sold immediately than Cody, at least. Yeah, that's true. Um, he she's comes over, shows her the ring that he had bought her, and that's all she needs. Now she's it's giant, some giant diamond-looking thing. Yeah, she's like, yes, let's do it. So uh, Benny comes over. Coop tells him that uh, Vanessa is getting married, and uh, Benny tells Coop that Akadama guy, he's not even a real uh, African prince. He's not even real African. And uh, all he wants to do is come in and steal your house. Yeah, he he says that there's some elaborate scam that these these guys pull where they, they find ways to like steal your house out from under you. Yeah, like he knows someone that it happened to or something like that. Like his cousin or something or aunt. Or and he says, this is what Akadama's trying to do. He's trying to get in there, get that house. And Coop's like, oh, no, that's not happening because Coop owns the house as well. Yeah, th- there's a lot of a lot of stretches in, in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vanessa gets home. Another scene, I guess. Uh, Coop tells her what he knows now from Benny about Akadama. This guy's a con artist. He's just trying to take the house. And of course, Vanessa doesn't believe him. No, not at all. She's like, the, the, why would the, she thinks Mark's is Mark is jealous? In fact, but she's and like in a real switch. She's like, Mark, I know this can happen. When you get and this has happened, I think she's had this same kind of thing. She's done this with Mark before, where she's like, no, no, I know you're just, I know you're just in love with me, and and you're just jealous of, of the prince. Yeah, and uh, she also tells Mark here that uh, she has invited Akadama over for dinner tomorrow night, and Mark's like, perfect, I'll cook. Yep, he's going to set him up. Which is where we go to next scene with uh, Coop and Benny. They're getting dinner ready. 
Uh, Geneva knows Coop's plan at this point, and then Vanessa and Prince. Well, Geneva doesn't doesn't not only does she know it, she is in on it because when like right after Benny tells Mark about this whole house stealing thing, Geneva comes in and says, "Hey, the bank called and said somebody has been calling asking about the mortgage," which I don't think we ever really get an explanation for. Um, but so she she thinks that Benny's on to something, and so she is in it with Mark, not just knowledgeable of it. Yeah, she's going to do whatever it takes to help. Make sure this house doesn't get taken away. And uh, Vanessa and Prince Akadama arrive, and then dinner starts. And Coop starts quizzing the prince. They, like, pull out an almanac and start asking him about different things in Africa. Like, very specific questions that... No, not just specific. Like, ridiculous. No one is going to know the answers to. No. Not even a prince like what is the rainfall on the plains in rwanda when the wind is at 40 knots like stuff like like that they ask him two questions he can't answer them and he they are now convinced there's no way this guy's real he doesn't know anything about africa um vanessa's kind of figuring out what they're doing a little bit and she's like nicole why don't you and akadama go upstairs and you can show him your gown that you got so they go upstairs and then they tell vanessa Vanessa, Agadama is a con man. He's just trying to steal the house. And she's like, no way. Like, he's great, all this stuff. And, like, look at this ring that he got me. He has to have real money and, like, taps it on the table and the whole thing shatters. And now she does not believe them. Or does not believe him. Does not believe the prince. Right. So she's worried. He's a con man. He comes back down. Vanessa calls him out. Kicks him out of the house, right? He does try to, he explains the stone. He says like, hey, look, in my country, we can't export some like like precious jewels. So my plan was to replace that. He admits, he's like, yeah, that was glass. I was going to replace it as soon as we got back to my country. And she's like, get out of my house. Get out. He leaves. Vanessa's sad, of course. She thought she had this prince. Um, Something right. Oh, and then she gets, this is like a, a little bit of a little like, serious here. yeah, she's like, Mark, you always tease me like that I'm not black enough. And uh, I mean, it's just, I don't even, I don't, I don't remember what else she says here. That, she's like, like, she was like, this was, I was just trying to, you know. I'm tired of proving more. myself is what she says, <laughs> right? right? right. I, I shouldn't have to prove myself to you. And I'm happy how I am and how I look and everything about me. Thanks. Thanks, uh, Vanessa Urkel. <laughs> um, let me go a little later. Uh, Vanessa's talking to Nicole. Um, Nicole is glad that Vanessa didn't move to Africa though. And then Coop gets home with a, uh, Liza Minnelli live from Utah on VHS for Vanessa because like, I had to go to the white neighborhood to pick this up. Yeah. Vanessa loves Liza. And then, uh, before they are able to put on the tape, uh, there's a news story about Prince Akadama leaving to go back to Africa. So he was real and... He's worth $40 billion. And they, but they also specifically call out how he's heartbroken, how there was this woman that he was going to... Yeah, They don't get too into the details, but they definitely reference the fact that there was a woman that has broken his heart during his time in America. And that's all Vanessa and Coop need to hear. They run out the door and try to chase him down before he hops on that plane back to Africa. Good luck. Uh, we do get a credit scene, though, with... Uh, it's just a still shot, like of the plane right but then there's a lot of audio over top of it right it's all it's all like vocals over top the the image of the jet yeah and uh we hear coop and vanessa getting to the airport trying to stop the plane 
And somehow Benny is on the plane with the prince heading back to Africa. Well, yeah, somehow, because Benny, when the prince was leaving, Mark said, Benny, go watch him, make sure he doesn't steal anything on the way out. So Benny, like, follows him out, and I guess that they just were, like, made friends on the way out. And Benny's like, all right, let's go. He did offer him, like, a brand new car at some point, right? A Mercedes. Well, he offered... He offered Mark a Mercedes, and then he's like, well, why don't you, Mark, you know, thinking this guy is full of it, was like, well, why don't you give me two? And he's like, oh, you want one for your friend, too? Yeah, that makes sense. We can do that. I'm guessing this is the last of Prince Akadama. They didn't catch that no, plane. Of course it is. Well, I mean, yeah, they, he's, they missed out on that one. It might be the last time we see Benny, too, because he's evidently going to Africa as well. So. <laughs> All right, so that's it. That's our four episodes for the week. This is the point of the show that we like to rank the episodes. Um, not ready at all. Let's see. Uh, I- I, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. This was not my favorite week of TGIF. I, I'm I, I get I got really kind of overwhelmed with just how unoriginal they got this week. Um, but I'm I'm ready. I, I can go first. Uh, I'll put I'm putting step by step at four. Uh-huh. Uh That showed that episode just made me uncomfortable the whole time. Um, Boy meets world at three. I'm gonna put. Family Matters at two and Hang on Mr. Cooper at one. I still think Hang on Mr. Cooper is hilarious. And I thought Stuart Pankin was pretty funny on Family Matters. But the other two just didn't do it for me, especially especially Step by Step. Yeah, I'm a little different. Uh, I do have Step by Step at four, same as you. Um, Family Matters at two, the same as you. But I have Coop and Boy Meets World switched. Um, although it was a repeated story for Boy Meets World, I feel like they did a good job. I feel like especially they tackled some really hard moments and... Uh, I don't know. Did a good job doing it. Yeah, I mean, I get that. I get that. I just, this whole, I was looking for some comedy after having just the same themes over and over and over at this point. Well, maybe so. we will get it next week. We have a full week next week? We do, we do, we do. We have a full week next week. Uh, so we are looking at Family Matters Season 5, Episode 10, Step by Step Season 3, Episode 10, Boy Meets World, Season 1, Episode 9, and Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Season 2, Episode 10. Thanks to Feyu once again for the theme song. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. TGIFcast at gmail.com if you want to send in your own at TGIFcast on all social media. Uh, con season's going to be starting right back up in the spring, so uh, make sure you're following us to get all the updates yeah. of where you can see us live. Some of these, and it's uh, earlier. It's a little bit earlier this year. I think March really is kind of when, when it starts. Is that right? Is that when... I think Galaxy Con is this year. March is this. Right yeah, now? yeah. This year's March for both I know of they them, moved, I think. Yeah, I think they moved Awesome Con. And they've already started to announce guests, guests for, for both, both of them. Yeah, They've got some okay guests for Awesome Con so far. And they've, they've already started to announce like some pretty good guests for uh, for Galaxy Con. Um, no, no TGIF folks yet, but it'll happen. Still some good. Yeah, it will. There'll be somebody who was on TGIF that'll be there. But they've, they've already started to, to nail down some good guests for it. So hopefully they'll they'll come through and they, there won't be a lot of cancellations. But I, I mean, if, if last year was anything of a indicator, it would probably be a pretty big deal again. So, Yep. So uh, make sure you're following us at TGIF Cast. Get all those updates. We'll let you know when and where we will be. Yep, we will. Have a good week, Steve. You got it, dude. It's Friday night. Yeah, the mood is rare. Gonna have some fun, show you how you're done. TGI. TBA Podcast.